Hey, John Harris here with the Rock Metal Podcast. Join me as we get to go behind the scenes into what goes into producing records and making music as we interview some of our favorite and soon-to-be favorite bands. Today we're chatting with Chase Wilson of Of Sulphur. For fans of Lorna Shore, Carnifex, Whitechapel, and As I Lay Dying, we'll be chatting about Of Sulphur's new album, The Burden of Faith, produced and recorded by Morgoth Beats and Logan, Mater, mixed and mastered by Josh Schroeder. We'll get to hear the story about how all of that came to be, how being authentic leads to success, and so much more. So please stay tuned to the very end. But first, let's check in with our beautiful sponsors. Asher Media Relations, doing public relations for everything loud. For your band needs to be seen and heard in print, online, and radio, head over to ashermediarelations.com. That's ashermediarelations.com. Mention the Rock Metal Podcast and get your band noticed. Syndical Music is a full-service agency for musicians offering record label services, marketing, branding, production, and management. Head over to syndicalmusic.com. That's syndicalmusic.com. S-Y-N-D-I-C-O-L music.com. Mention the Rock Metal Podcast and take your music career to the next level. Well, Chase, go ahead and say hi to all of our beautiful listeners. What's up, everybody? How you doing? <laughs> Absolutely beautiful and great to have you here to discuss the burden of faith, my friend. What was the greatest moment for you producing this record? Oh, man. Um, there's so many. Um, Take us through them all. <laughs> all right, I'll give you I'll give you like a top three. Obviously, um, tracking Earthen was an experience just because of how emotional the song was and like seeing Ricky put all of his emotion into that song vocally and kind of channeling what I was trying to put forward into um, into that song was kind of crazy to see. So that's definitely number one. Uh, number two is the the ending title track, the, the breakdown on the burden of faith and having all of us in the studio and drop tuning that guitar down and seeing everybody's like stank face and like of approval. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that was definitely one of a, uh, one of my like hell yeah moments you know like i was very stoked as a a, a writer for that one mm-hmm. and uh just kind of three is hearing everything mixed mastered polished and you know ready to go for like public consumption like it, it's kind of a great feeling when you finally finish something that's been in the works for so long so those are those are my top moments for sure. Okay, beautiful. Tracking Earthen, the breakdown of Burden of Faith, doing the drop tuning, the stank face of approval, and then hearing everything <laughs> mixed, mastered, and polished for human consumption, or if you're Death Clock, then it's for uh, fish consumption, I guess, right? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> revisiting some of those, I was like, oh, I love this show. Oh, man, that's one of my favorites for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Now, some of what that does is takes us into some of the the themes on the record, which we'll get to in a moment. But I wanted to touch base on were there any challenges for the record? And I noticed that you mentioned that you know the songs have been waiting to give birth for quite some time. Was that part of the challenge? Was there anything else that maybe you learned from on producing this record? I mean, it's kind of it's kind of our first go at doing a band like this, you know, and like a lot of us have only like been in local bands or, or, you know, maybe like regional touring bands that never really got as far as of sulfur has within the past two years. Um, so 
I would say the biggest challenge is like I started writing as soon as we did like one of our first tours with uh, Signs of the Swarm and Worm Shepherd. Like right after we came back from that, I wrote Earthen. And, you know, between then and the time we recorded, it was like a year, but that year did not feel like that. It felt like, like a month or two months. So we were like, you know, trying to do the balancing act of touring and, you know, writing and, you know, marketing and all sorts of things. And it's all very new for everybody. So there were a few challenges, but I mean, I feel like diamonds are made under pressure. You can either crack or you can make diamonds. And that's what I feel like. I hope I, I think that we did. Uh, it's subjective. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Was it charcoal? If under pressure, it becomes a diamond or it just stays charcoal and you get some hot dogs or something, you know, it's just, yeah. You know, you have barbecue or you have a diamond. I'd rather have barbecue personally. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't like hot dogs? Come on. Right. <laughs> now, one of the things you mentioned there was a first go at at a band like this, only been in local bands uh, or regional touring bands. And then, you know, the balancing act that has has become the new the new treadmill, I guess you could say that you're on. You know, I've got a tour and I've got a right and I've got a market. Like what? what yep. is, what's going on here? What was that like and how did you i mean it's kind of a silly question but how did you know you had like womp, you walk through the teleportation or whatever it is how did you know you hit that point where okay we've hit new territory we're not just a local band anymore um i mean that kind of happened when we started releasing the first few songs really and like we got our manager bradley and he was like okay like we're doing this and we're doing that and we're doing, you know, like everything. And we were, that was the point where I was like, Whoa, okay. Like this is no longer just like an internet project. This is like real life. Now this is, this is the thing. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it was probably at that point where I started to realize we've got to kind of get our, get our stuff in order. (laughs) Okay. Super serious stuff. Getting a manager, especially one named Brad or Bradley getting the sensation that this isn't just an internet project anymore. You got to get your stuff together. But I mean, I'm, I'm super curious. What's, what did you do that was different this time around? Uh, we had the Ricky Hoover cheat code. No, (laughs) (laughs) which is backpack a backpack B. (laughs) Yeah. It's like a mortal Kombat fatality. Um, no, I mean, it, it, it def- that definitely had something to do with it. And Ricky coming back to music was a big deal. Um, you know, I feel like it's weird because like even even this, I feel like is like kind of gaining a lot more traction than Suffocate did back in the day as well. Like Like we're pretty much on equal footing now, I feel like with where that that was. And it's probably due in fact that we all have kind of like different influences in our music and the way we write music. Um, we're taking this like a lot more seriously than we would for um, local bands and stuff like that. And the biggest thing with that is you got to work with people who are willing to kind of take the leap with you. And, you know, there's going to be some struggles and stuff like that, but you got to anticipate <laughs> but it, it, it's worth it in the long run. So I feel like that's what's kind of like different is we we definitely see the fruits of our labor more so in this band, more so than any other project we've done. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, I read all of that in the EPK. You know, um, I, I put something up on the internet and it exploded. And it's, it's it's funny. I almost hate that story. It's like you're leaving out so many important details. What do you mean? You just yeah yeah, yeah you just put something on the internet and that's that's it, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes there's uh, a magic thing that sort of happens and. Um, Something I've heard before, chatting with other bands, especially once you've been at it for a long time, 25, 30 years, is, you know, I don't even know if if we started today. I don't even know if it would take. Like, it it was just that time and that place for what we were doing. And I think now is your time and place, Chase. No, thanks. I appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but that's cool. Seeing the fruits of the labor. Um, different emphasis in the music, which I know... Um, at least from what I'm reading anyway, has surprised quite a few people um, with the different influences and the way that they're getting hit and pulled and tugged um, all in mm -hmm. very good ways. It's a good kind of tug, not a bad kind of tug. Yeah, you never uh, want a bad tug. Never want a bad tug. Um, <laughs> and then I read that a mutual friend actually connected you two together, yeah? Yeah, most definitely. Um, that was our friend Alexis. She's known Ricky for years, and, uh, I mean, she lives in Vegas, so... Uh, with that, she, she pretty much saw that he posted, I want to start a technical death metal band. She goes, Hey, I threw your name in the ring. And I was like, I can't play that. <laughs> I was like, and she's like, well, I think he just wants people to jam with. So whatever. And I was like, yeah, okay, sure. Ricky Hoover will just DM me later tonight. And he DM'd me later that night. So I spoke <laughs> it into existence. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. So the Tony Robbins thing of speaking, speaking things into existence, it works. Oh, I guess so. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Never know unless you try, I guess. <laughs> That's exactly right. Okay, now going back to um, some of the themes that are on the record, because I remember you had mentioned when I said, hey, what's the greatest moment for you producing this record? You said tracking Earthen uh, because of how much emotion that there is in it. Um, and in the EPK, I definitely read about that, and I read about several of the other uh, elements that have gone into um, the project lyrically, emotionally, musically, but I'm just going to let you roll with that. And with just a, a, a blank, not a blank question, but like a broad stroke question, but just chase, take us through the themes on this record. Oh man. I mean, with this one, we kind of broadened our horizons a little bit. I mean, obviously oblivion was very much so religion, hate, anti-God, uh, you know, type, type feel, which is still in this record. There is a lot of that. And we, we kind of, wanted to broaden our horizons with maybe like why do we feel this way um especially like with something like earth and that not only atheists or like whatever can relate to but like you know even like god-fearing people can be what kind of god would test a child you know is in the, the chorus of that song um you know and that was that was how ricky was feeling during that moment when he lost his nephew and he decided to be vulnerable and kind of share that with everybody. Um, so you've got that and the Fowler is kind of more so about the, the music industry and how many snakes there are and people that will be cool to you to your face and then kind of like talk shit behind your back. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, it's, we, we broadened our horizons a lot and kind of like wear our emotions a little bit more on our sleeve on, uh, on this record. And, um, you know, we wanted to talk about things with a little bit more substance and you can talk about religion and how bad it is all day long. But if you kind of don't explain why it's just 
it's it's kind of like overdone you know mm -hmm. I'm like mm -hmm. so that's that's what we try to do with this record and you know hopefully people catch on to that uh, a lot more. Yeah, that's, that's really good. You know, mentioning the, the religion thing, it's like, okay, well, you know, country songs are about my dog running away. What are metal songs about? I hate religion and, <laughs> <laughs> you know, war is cool or it's not cool or something, right? Like every genre right. has, every genre has its like trope topics, but what you guys did was fantastic. You said, okay, I feel this way, but let me dig deeper. Let me unpackage. Why do I feel that way? And then allowing yourself to be vulnerable on paper for people, which I've I've heard in the past that that's usually a hallmark of success. Do you feel that going vulnerable on this record has also enabled the band to pick up more speed than it may not have had? Yes, absolutely. Um, our whole thing is about like like the band just kind of has like an unspoken agreement that we're just going to be genuine dudes like you know like we're not the metal band that pretends to be angry and beat your ass on stage like we we smile we goof around we stick our tongues out it's like you know like it's <laughs> it's it's fun for us and uh, when we're writing music we want to write things that we feel strongly about you know we want we want people to connect with us we want people to really understand where and what we're feeling you know or why and what we're feeling i guess i should say um but yeah i feel like uh authenticity is kind of like a key to success for sure and uh hope i mean like i said hope hopefully that happens with this record yeah yeah now earthen going back to that track because you had mentioned that you know with your guitar parts you wanted to try and capture that same level of emotion and i don't know how possible it is as a guitar player to answer this question but how did you do that um it's it's one of those things where it's like i i will sit down i'm not i'm, I'm the type of person that has to be inspired before they write you know like if i'm feeling a certain type of way and i sit down to write i want to put that feeling into my guitar if i'm sad i want my guitar to weep if I'm angry, I want it to fucking just crush, um, you know, and in order to do that, I feel like you really have to hone in on what, what you're trying to do and like what you're trying to put into your DAW or your put on paper, quote unquote. Um, but it, it's one of those things I can't really explain it. It's so hard, but you can definitely put some emotion into that. Like, Earth and Earth and being an example, I guess you have that somber, melancholy intro, and then the lead in that uh, is extremely like sad sounding as well. You know, it, and it's like hard to explain why it sounds like that. But I, if you send it to like five people, I'm sure they'd say the same thing. You know, even our managers, like, oh man, that lead is like crazy, and you can tell how sad this song is. Um, and uh, the Fowler is another example. It's just a complete ass beater of a fucking song. So <laughs> it, it, it's like we were very, ang very angry when we wrote that one. You know, it's just drivey, 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 drivey. And then the end is just crushing. So it, it, it's hard to say how we do it, but it, it kind of just comes naturally, I guess, is the, is the point I'm trying to make. Mm -hmm. I just imagined you on a date for some reason, just telling, <laughs> well, it's an ass beater of a song. I mean, I was angry and that's just, you know, it just comes naturally. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's that's actually what, what I uh, my my one liner when I go on dates. So yeah. I'm glad you picked that up. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, baby. Now I heard the word "daw" in there, so you know for everybody listening in, that is uh, digital audio workstation. And you'd also mentioned at one point here in the beginning, you'd mentioned the the uh, drop tuning. Um, you know, it did it on the breakdown for Burden of Faith. So. Was there any gear that you used on this record that surprised you, or was it all pretty par for the course for you? What kind of? I mean, we we've been using the Digitech Whammy with the detune function on for a while, um, and we brought it into the studio just in case we were going to use it. We didn't anticipate on it or anything like that, but we used it, and like <laughs> it was just it was kind of just magic. Um, we actually during the mixing and mas- mastering you hear it on the fowler as well and that wasn't planned like uh i think josh schrader had something to do with that and just like made the fowler crush like <laughs> at the very end as well so i feel like that was definitely a piece of equipment that we yeah. utilized pretty pretty frequently um and then i mean it was uh, the rest was pretty par for the course um you know uh tone tone wise i I told everybody I wanted to go for like uh PV sixty five oh five or fifty one fifty head uh through a Mesa cab, which is your standard heavy metal deathcore guitar. So Yeah. Digitech whammy with a D tuner, which you brought into the studio just in case you were gonna use it. And it sounds like I don't know, Josh used something on B Fowler and going for that PV sixty five oh five or fifty one fifty guitar tone with the Mesa boogie cabinet. And as you said, standard heavy metal deathcore guitar. Now, did you shoot any DIs? Or for those listening in who don't know what a DI is, it's where you take the guitar signal raw and send it to a producer so that they can then uh, do what they will with it. They can put it into any amp they want. Did you give them DIs? Do you, do you know? Do you know what happened there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did give them DIs. So we actually... <laughs> we. We tracked guitar with uh, Logan Mater from Machine Head in Vegas, um, and we used his Kemper, and we tracked DI, and we tracked with the Kemper tone as well, so it ca- captured all of that, and we sent all that over to Josh Schrader, and he was like, what are we going for here? And I told him, and he was like, perfect. Got perfect. it. <laughs> perfect. I've got that right here. <laughs> Click. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. So, Beautiful. It's great. More to come, but let's go ahead and check in with our beautiful sponsors. Two Mads responsible for producing, mixing, and mastering some of the best metal for over the last 20 years. From Meshuggah to The Haunted to Poison Black, Kemper Profiler packs for guitar players, and Easy Drummer expansion packs for programming drums. Two Madsen can take your production to a level previously unheard. Head over to twomadsen.com. That's twomadsen.com. T-U-E-M-A-D-S-E-N. Click contact. Fill out the info for your next project and let two know that the Rock Metal Podcast sent you. Wormhole Death is a modern record label publishing and film production company born in 2008. Getting signed to this label means global distribution, publishing, and marketing with Wormhole Death's roster of global partnerships. Head over to wormholedeath.com. That's wormholedeath.com. Submit your band and let them know the Rock Metal Podcast sent you. How would you define success at this stage of your career? Probably success to me, and this, this, uh, not everybody else might agree with this in my band. Maybe, maybe they do, maybe they don't. I can't speak for them. But when you're proud of the music that you're putting out and people are just vibing with it and you, you start to see kind of like, like I said earlier, like the fruits of your labor, that is what success is to me. 
Um, it's not about money. It's not about, you know, getting, I mean, getting rad tours is awesome, but it's not about that stuff. It's about being happy with where you're at. That's, that's what success is to me. Um, if I'm just being completely honest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're putting something out into the universe and the universe is agreeing back with you and you're getting a positive feedback loop. And, uh, obviously there's going to be some, some negative stuff in there too, as it, as it would go. But do you feel part of, earlier you'd mentioned, you know, we're not a local band anymore. Now we're doing something real. Uh, is that feedback loop a part of that equation? I would like to hope so. Yeah. You know, um, you know, people were stoked with the stuff we had put out with the Oblivion EP, um, you know, and it was great. It was cool. And, you know, I was very happy then. I'm even happier now because I feel like we've kind of evolved like several steps ahead um, from where that was. And, it, it, you know, I, I just feel like being happy and grateful for everything that you have really does make things less shitty. Like, you know, like there, there, there are things in the business aspect that are like maybe not so fun and like, you know, things that you gotta do but as long as you know you're grateful and you're happy to do them and like this is what you want to do and you're doing the thing then you know that's all that really matters it, it it really is like i mean people can define success by loads of more things like money and like fame and popularity and this and that and the other thing and it's just you know that's all material materialistic type stuff uh, and i'm just not that type of person so and i just had madonna come into my head I think it was the way you said material. <laughs> ma yep, material. Ma material. Oh, no. I'm gonna it's going to be stuck to... in my head all night. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's it's a worm. Somebody was talking to me about that song the other day, and so I, I pulled it up. I listened to it for about 30 seconds. Oh, yeah. She's not singing in the right key. And the producer, I read this tidbit. The producer tried to get her to change the key. She didn't want to. So I, I listened to it, and, yeah, she's straining. And then for an entire week straight, I'm like, oh. And now it's back again. So thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Now, something that you had mentioned earlier on, Chase, was working with, uh, I always thought it was Schroeder. Maybe I'm, I was saying it wrong, Schrader. Um, but Josh Schroeder, Schrader, uh, who has worked with quite a few uh, notable uh, bands. Tala for sure. Uh, Lorna Shore for sure. Yes. Um, what was it like working with him? Take us through that. I mean, you mentioned that... Um, I've got it in my notes up here. As soon as I find it, Digitech, Whammy, Pedal, Befowler. He turned the whole thing into this crushing dream of beautiful 5150 glory. <laughs> yeah, pretty pretty much. Um, yeah, man. I mean, it's awesome working with that dude. And, you know, we worked with a crazy team on on this record. Like, it was Morgoth, uh, Morgoth Beats uh, producing and uh, doing the synth and producing vocals. Um, you know, we had Logan Mater who's tracked the guitar and, uh, Josh Schrader who mixed mastered and kind of did his, um, Schrader, Schroeder magic. <laughs> I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure it's Schrader. That's what I've been saying. Hopefully I, I'm not butchering that. <laughs> You've been offending him the whole <laughs> yeah, time and you yeah. had no idea. I had no idea. I'm sorry, Josh. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, it was amazing working with that guy, dude. It, it like, yeah, like you said, he's, he's a legend, uh, in in kind of like the deathcore genre and not just the deathcore genre he's done like burials he's done king 810 he's done crazy stuff you know and i think you know 
he definitely added his touch on this record as well. And it was definitely a pleasure working with that guy um, as well as the rest of the team. Like, honestly, I feel like if we didn't have the entire team, we wouldn't have the sound of this record, you know? So mm-hmm. that that's definitely something that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm super hyped on is we had such a, amazing team to work with yeah i mean i would be hyped too working with such an amazing team we had morgoth beast to help with vocals logan mater to help with guitars josh schroeder schrader schroeder to help bring it all together what's the number one thing that you would like people listening to do right now what i would like them to do um i don't know tell a friend share it and word of mouth is just as good a marketing tool as anything else you know uh hopefully connect with it. Like, you know, uh, I hope that something we say maybe helps somebody or, you know, somebody can relate if they're having a hard time. Um, but those are the things I would probably say if they're listening right now is like, you know, that we care and thank you if you're supporting us. Yeah. Tell a friend, share it. I always think of the Wayne's world and then their friends, tell their friends and then their friends, tell their friends. It just (laughs) goes on and on and on. Uh, yeah. Word of mouth is still the most powerful thing in the entire world. As long as humans do such a thing, connect with the record. Someone can relate to it if they're having a hard time. So that's cool mm-hmm. that you guys wrote the kind of music that you chose to write or felt compelled to write, but still wanted to connect with people. And I think that's showing. Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. Track guitars of Logan Mater. Cause you mentioned there was quite the production team. We've got Morgoth beats doing synth and vocals. Um, Logan Mater helping out with the guitars. Specifically, I guess, because, you know, you're the guitar player. We'll chat about that. What was it like working with someone to help you track guitars and then maybe even branch into Logan specifically? I mean, dude, Logan's a legend. Uh, So, you know, having the dude. (laughs) Also Canadian. So, yeah, I mean, you know. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, a lot of great Canadians. Like our our manager's Canadian, too. Love him. Sweet. (laughs) That keeps happening. I keep hearing that. I know. Yeah, it's great. Um, but yeah, uh, Logan's an awesome dude. And like, you know, we got his insight in playing guitar and, you know, I went in there thinking like, oh man, this guy's like, this guy's going to put me through boot camp. He's such a good player <laughs> and this and that. And like, he is the chillest dude ever. Like we had such a good time tracking with him. He is such a nice dude. And like his insight was, you know, unparalleled to anybody else I've ever tracked guitar with. Um, so being that we got like his kind of like stamp of approval as well was kind of like the stank awesome. face. You got some stank yeah, face the, from him. <laughs> when we got the stank <laughs> face from Logan, he just like, we, we, we didn't even know, like we had plugged the bass in and down to the bass even for that. And he goes, did it work? And then he played it back and he goes, Oh, <laughs> and I was like, he's like, it worked. I was like, yeah, man, sick. <laughs> so the bass is too- Logan was awesome. Yeah, the bass is tuned so low, you need bell bottoms to feel the breeze. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, everyone listening in, go ahead and head over to the rockmetalpodcast.ca. There you'll get all the show notes for today, transcripts, music videos, links to connect with Of Sulfur. And speaking of which, Chase, thank you so much for coming on to the Rock Metal Podcast today. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's it for this episode of the Rock Metal Podcast. Stay tuned because next week we're going to be chatting with Mark Haleman of the band Suicide Silence. They wanted to make their latest record as heavy as possible. They worked with Taylor Young as producer and they even got to record drums at Studio 606. 
Go ahead and hit subscribe on your podcast player. Share it with your friends, and I'll see you next week.